welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Make sure that I'm on here. Um, uh, it was uh, back this fall, and I was traveling some, and we were uh, headed down around Radcliffe, and I had checked into the hotel, and when I checked into the hotel... I noticed that the, uh, the lady at the front desk, um, she had some children uh, in behind the front desk and she was kind of herding them uh, in the right direction. They were a little bit unruly. And uh, so some of you guys, if you've got kids, your parents of young children, you know exactly what we're talking about. And uh, so I went up and got checked in and I, I had to, to be at a banquet and speak. And I had a little extra time so I went down and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go down and kind of get my notes together and get a cup of coffee and and uh, then get on the road. So I went down, and if you've been in the hotel lobbies, I always keep a pot of coffee there, right? And I went over, and I hit it, and it was empty. So I went over to the lady at the desk, and I said, do you happen to have any more coffee in the back? And she said, sure. And So she started to go back there, and she got distracted and different things, and she finally came out and got me a cup of coffee, and she saw me there and uh, getting my notes and had my Bible out there. And uh, she looked at me, and she said, what are you, a preacher or something? And, uh, you know, me not being the sharpest tool in the shed, uh, it took me a minute to realize that I had a witnessing opportunity. And so I spoke to the young lady there, and, and I asked her her name, and asked her about, you know, the situation. And, uh, you know, given, given COVID and all the different things, uh, her daycare had closed down, and she was having to bring the kids to work with her. Um, the family situation, I don't think, was great. And she was really, uh, she was really struggling. And I got an opportunity to kind of open up a conversation with her. And I asked her, I said, do you go to church anywhere? And she said, no, but I've been thinking about it. And so I was able to reach in to my pocket. And we keep these just little, little New Testament Psalms and Proverbs, just a, a pocket testament. And uh, I was able to open it and take her through the helps section and reference the different scripture that she could need in certain times, and then go to the back and go through the plan of salvation. And I left that with her, and as we were talking, I asked her, I said, do you think it's an accident that I'm here today? And it took her back. She didn't really know what to think about that. And I said, I don't believe it is. I don't think anything happens by accident. But I think God loves you enough that he put me in your path today. And he even emptied the coffee pot. And that was an opportunity for you to receive God's word. And so we plant seeds when the opportunity arises. And sometimes we're not great at recognizing those opportunities, but they're before us more often than we realize. And we as Gideons not only have the privilege, but we have the charge, the mantle, the responsibility to place God's word when opportunity arises. And so you may ask and say, who are the Gideons? And it's already kind of been alluded to in the opening of who we are. But by default, we have become the world's largest Bible distribution network that the world has ever known. We have over 12,000 missionary touch points throughout the world. Over a quarter million missionaries on the front line doing the work. You can give an offering in Lexington, Kentucky today, and next week, it could go into some 200 different countries around the world to be able to purchase and place Scripture into the hands of someone that needs it. 
But if you look at our ministry, if you look at our organization at the core and you distill it down uh, to the very basic thing, there's really three tenets, if you will, a three, three-legged stool. And I think it relates to your church also. Number one, we associate together for service. If you think about that, you can get together, you could have got together at New Year's Eve, right? And you're fellowshipping with one another, but are you associating together for some type of service to God? So we associate together as a ministry for service to God. Number two is our personal work and our, and our personal testimony. Where are we? In our personal testimony, what, when people look at us, what do they see? And what is our personal work? And that translates to you also. And the third is in our ministry, Scripture distribution. When you think of the Gideons, a lot of folks think about that Bible right there. They think about the Bible that they've seen either in a hotel or a motel or a cruise ship or an airplane, but they think about that Bible right there. And the reality is, for every one of these that you see, there are about 65 of these little testaments that get handed out someplace. The majority of our ministry is focused on young people around the world. So our ministry is by and large a ministry to the youth of the world. Now you may say, well, how do I become a Gideon? I, I joined the Gideons when I was 29 years old. I heard my first Gideon in a church service when I was 13. So when the call came and an invitation for me came, the answer was easy. That I knew I wanted to join the Gideons. But if you look at John, the first chapter of the book of John, John's Gospel... In the 42nd and the 43rd verse of Scripture, it introduces you. Jesus is on the northern coast of Galilee. And it's introducing you to the disciples and who they are. And they say, come see this man. And it's interesting if you study that, that the northern coast of Galilee wasn't known as a center of academia or of global leaders or of governors, or presidents of the United States, or leaders of Fortune 500 companies. They were just men. Men like us. That have a job, that we're a professional, or we're a business person. Maybe we're a businessman farmer, or we're a business owner. Maybe we have a, a heating and air business, that we have five or six or seven or eight employees. And it's just men that are coming together to associate together for service, to strengthen their personal testimony, their personal work, and to distribute scriptures wherever God places us in the traffic lanes of life. We, we go to the, the Fayette County Detention Center. We used to. We're hoping to get back in there. You all pray for that. Uh, COVID has had a dramatic impact on doors that were open to us prior to They've been closed for a period. Let's pray that they open back up. Because I can assure you, there is a need. We were in the detention center 
here in Fayette County, and we were going through, and if you've never been in there, and I hope you haven't, but uh, if you have, hopefully you were doing things on this side of the bars, not the other side of the bars, okay? Uh, but we would go unit to unit, and we would get an opportunity to, to hand them testaments, to leave them a Bible, to ask if there was a specific prayer request, and pray with those guys. And there's men and women, the men go usually to the men's unit, the ladies, which are auxiliary wives, visit and, and minister to the ladies. And I remember distinctly, we were in a, a unit, and there's, there's different blocks there, and we were on the upper level, and we'd gone to it, and we asked if anybody wanted a scripture, and if anybody wanted prayer. And I remember distinctly this young man coming to the door, and he was shaken. That's the only way to describe it is he was shaken. And his name was Solomon. And he shared with me that he had never spent a single night of his entire life that he wasn't in his mother and father's house. And that the night before was the very first night that he had not slept underneath of his parents' roof. And he got mixed up into drugs. And he said, they took me places that I never thought that they would take me to. And they've landed me in this jail cell. And he says, every time I close my eyes, I have nightmares. And he says, I cannot get a moment's peace. He said, you pray for me. And it impacts you when you see those young people. I suspect that he was probably about 19 years old. But here's what we know. I gave him the Word of God. I challenged him to read it. And we prayed for him. And those are the places that sometimes that we get taken, that we have an opportunity to speak a word on behalf of the ministry and the, on, on the behalf of God. That we get that personal witness, that personal work that we can do uh, out in the world. When we talk about the ministry, our primary focus within the ministry is helping one another to be a better witness, a better testimony for Christ. To make Christian businessmen, professional men, stronger in their walk. Proverbs 27, 17 says, So as one friend's countenance sharpens another, so does iron sharpen iron. And so that's what the, the purpose and the, the point of the ministry, our main charge within the Gideons International, is to become better Christian men in our walk. Uh, I was in a, a classroom one time, I think it was in the Philippines, and we were going classroom to classroom, and we were handing out scriptures, and we were, uh, went into one classroom, and there was no teacher in there. It kind of struck me. Every other, other classroom, there had been a teacher in there, and we went into this classroom, and there was no teacher, and the kids were pretty rambunctious. They were high school students, and they, you know, how high school students went, and the teachers away, you know, they got a little rowdy. And I went in, and they kind of settled down, and I uh, explained to them who I was and that we were there to give them testaments. And this is actually one of the testaments from the Philippines. And we, we handed out scriptures to every one of them. And I had been in so many classrooms that week, and I had never done it before, but as I was getting my things gathered up and getting ready to leave, I thanked them. Uh, I paused, and I said, 
would anybody have a question for me? And I had not done it all week. And there was a student off to the side, and I could tell she really wanted to ask a question, but if you've ever been in a classroom and you know there's that one that's really got a burning question, but they're almost kind of afraid to ask it, and I looked at her and I said, do you have a question for me? And she kind of said, yeah, I do. She said, she kind of fumbled around a little bit, and she said, are you a theologian? I said, no, I'm not, but that's really not your question. What is your question? And she said, well, I'm really, I want to know how to read the Bible. And I said, that's not your question. And she finally, the room got really, really quiet. And you could tell something special was happening. And all the giggling had stopped, and all the snickering had stopped, and all the, the passing of notes had stopped. She said, I know that there's a New Testament, and I know there's an Old Testament. But she said, I don't know how they tie in together and I don't know how it emphasizes the importance of Jesus Christ. I said, now you've asked your question. And in the Philippines, the family structure there is one of the most important structures that they have. And I was able to share the words out of John 14 and compare them, complement them to Matthew 25. And how that Jesus has come and He has prepared a place for us in heaven. And He's come and He said there's going to be a wedding. There's a wedding day coming. And He's gone to heaven to prepare a place for us. And when He comes again for us, we have to be ready for that wedding. And it was, it was a special time. And when I asked them, I said, how many of you will commit to read this Bible? Almost every hand in the room went up. And I left that classroom, and I don't ever recall ever asking that question in another classroom beyond that, but there was something that just drew me and told me that that was the thing, that was the time that I was supposed to ask that question. There was another time that I was in Bolivia, and I was sitting in a hotel room and I was waiting for my driver. We were getting ready to leave. And as I was sitting there in the lobby, had my things, there was a gentleman that came over to me and he looked at me and he said, you're a Gideon. And I said, I am. He said, can I share my testimony with you? And I said, I have time. And his name was Renee. And I suspect Renee was about 55. And he sat down beside me and he said, a few years ago I was diagnosed with cancer. And he said, I didn't know anything about cancer. And they told me that I needed to go to the hospital, that I had to go to, the, to get chemotherapy treatments. And I really didn't know what that was. And he said, I showed up at the hospital. And you have to understand, hospitals in many countries are not like what we're used to here. Okay, You go to Good Samaritan or UK or, or any of the hospitals up here, you know, Central Baptist, they're nice, right? They're good and clean, big wide hallways, very airy. They got, that's not the norm. He said, I went into a room. He said, I went into the fifth floor and went into a room and there was a folding metal chair with an IV pole there and not even any paint on the walls. No magazines to read, no TV to watch, no radio to listen to. And he said, they hooked me up to an IV and I sat there. 
And he said, I'd sat there for what seemed like three or four hours, and he said, they'd gone through five bags, and they told me I had more to go through. And he said, I thought, boy, if I just had something to read, I could pass the time so much quicker. And he said, it seemed like it was only an instant that someone was at the doorway, they tapped on the doorway, and they said, the word of the Lord for you to read. And they gave me a Bible, and as soon as they were in the door, they gave me a Bible, and they were out the door. He said, I didn't have time to say hi, bye, or thank you. And he said, I opened that Bible and I began to read. And he said, next thing I know, they were unplugging me and we were finished. He said, man, it was fast. He said, I thought, I should take that with me every time I go. And he said, I began to take that little Bible with me every time that I went for my chemotherapy treatment. And he said, the time just flew by. And he said, there was a lot of questions that I was coming up with. And he said, I didn't know anything about church, but I had seen people walking into these buildings holding the same thing that I had. He said, thought, maybe if I go in there, they may have answers to some of these questions. And he said, I went in and he said, I began to ask questions. And he said, the guy that spoke in the front, he said, I didn't know who he was at the time. He said, later I learned he was a preacher. He said, at the time, he was just a speaker. He said, I began asking him questions and he would answer them. And he said, as time went on, he said, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And that's the power that God's Word has. 55, yeah, the 55th chapter of Isaiah. And I'm going to spend a little time here. If you want to look at it later, that's fine. But Isaiah 55, and a lot of times we look to one or two specific verses, but I'm going to be a little longer there this morning. But starting in the 8th verse, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my way, your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are the ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down for the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth into bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. I just spoke to someone that said they were from Oklahoma. Big wheat fields out there, right? When the wheat grows up and you harvest the wheat, that kernel only has one of two purposes, right? You're either going to grind it up and make bread of it, or you're going to stick one of them back in the ground and grow more wheat, right? Verse 11, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. When God gives us the Bible and we take the Bible around the world, okay, and we receive Christ in our heart, there's just really a couple things it's going to do. When we read the Word of God, it's either going to grow us spiritually, or we're going to take that word and we're going to share it with somebody else. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. When we see somebody come to the Lord Jesus Christ, we as Gideons rejoice. Because we know that instead of the thorn shall come up in the fir, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord a name and an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. 
there'll be those that get saved. When we go out and we place God's word throughout the world, we know that it won't return void. That men and women, boys and girls, will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in manners and paths that we don't expect. And the, and the ministry and the word of God in the church continues on. I was in the Philippines and we had been distributing scriptures, and I, we, it was in January, it was actually in January of 2020, when I flew out of the Philippines, I flew out of Manila on the 26th of January, on the 27th of January, they recognized and identified the first case of COVID in Manila, and they locked it down. So I got out one day before the lockdown happened. But it was hot there. The temperature was, was decidedly much different than it is in Kentucky in January. And we had been going school to school and classroom to classroom, uh, giving out Bibles. The schools there are not like what you're used to here. Uh, all the classrooms were on the second, third, and fourth level because there were no windows. There was no air conditioning. The breeze was their air conditioning. Everything was concrete. There were no elevators for an old man with bad knees carrying boxes up and down concrete stairs every, every 15 minutes uh, in hot weather. It was tiring. We had been at this school. It was a, middle, it was a high school, middle school uh, kind of joined together. And so we went to every classroom to see every kid. Now, there was two of us. There was myself and a local Gideon. We had a driver that, that drove our truck there with the Bibles on it and uh, dropped us off. And there were 2,600 students in that classroom, in that school that morning. So you can imagine the average classroom was about 40 students. Uh, we would go in, introduce ourselves, kind of tell who we were, what we were doing, and we would hand out Bibles. So you can, you can put the pencil to the paper and figure out if there were 2,600 kids there and about 40 kids per classroom. There's a lot of classrooms, a lot of up and down stairs. I was completely soaking wet with sweat. Uh, there was no concrete, so the dust, you know, in the, in the uh, parking lot, it was all just a gravel parking lot. And every time you went down, the dust would kick up, and you kind of get this really nice coat of dust on top of your sweat, and so you kind of look pretty rough. And I just went to the last classroom, and I thought, man, we're finished. I'm going to go down, I'm going to sit down for a few minutes, and we're going to get a, a cold bottle of water and rest for a few minutes. And I had a partial box of scriptures in my arm, and as I was coming uh, back toward the truck, there was this lady that came out of the, one of the buildings and she said, are you one of the men giving out Bibles today? And I said, I am. And, she, and I said, we've just been, you know, we've been giving out Bibles, I've been all to the classrooms and we're just finishing up and I'm going over here to take a rest. And she looked at me and she said, not so. And I said, what do you mean not so? And she said, you've not been to all the classrooms and you've not given Bibles to all the students. I said, I'm sorry. She said, you've not been to my classroom. We had skipped her classroom. And I said, how many students do you have? And she said, I've got 18. And I said, a little kind of a quick count in my box. And I said, take me to your classroom. And I followed her, and we had kind of weaved through some of the buildings and went back to the path courtyard and past the kitchen to the very back, and I'm thinking, this doesn't seem right. All the other classrooms are there. They're three and four stories. We went back to this back building, and it was just a, a metal building with a door. And uh, we went in, and when she opened the door, and I went in, and I had my, my Bibles, 
she saw me. She, I, I know she did. I, I, I was taken aback. I stopped. It was a classroom for all the handicapped students. And I didn't mean to. But I was just kind of taken aback. And she took me by the arm and she said, it's okay. She said, those that are deaf can still read. Those that are mute, they can still read. And those that are blind can be read too. And you realize you're not there by accident. And I handed out 18 scriptures to those kids. And there was a little fellow in the back and he sign language me. And I asked the teacher, I said, what did he say? And he said, thank you for the Bible. We love you. And it's those divine appointments. See, those, those children, it, they're just as valuable in God's eyes as any of the others that we'd given scriptures to earlier that morning. And he reminded me of that. And he reminded me of the importance of following God's leading. So I thank you guys for supporting this ministry, um, for supporting these Gideons here. Pray for us. There are times that we go into places we don't know what God's got for us. And I want to leave you with a word of challenge. What is your testimony? What is your personal work? And as we are entering into a new year, it's the beginning of a new year, I challenge you to give yourself a stronger testimony in 2022 and find a work that you can get behind this year. Amen? God bless you.